I've got a question for you. Have you ever struggled with something called writer's block? It's when you want to write, but you can't think of anything to write about. You're blocked. Instead of filling your paper or your screen with all the wonderful things that you know you want to say, you instead sit frozen, your page or your screen staring back at you, completely empty. You know what? This happens to writers all the time. I'm a writer, and it has happened to me. But for me, when writer's block strikes, and thankfully it doesn't happen very often, but when it does, the only consequence for me is a feeling of frustration. But if it happens to you during the CELPIP exam, it can result in you not achieving the score you need, and that's a big problem, isn't it? Today, we're going to be talking all about brainstorming and how it can help you defeat writer's block and actually write with greater organization, speed, and confidence. Does that sound pretty good? Well, if you're wanting some practical advice to help you through the writing section of the CELPIP exam, then this is the episode for you. So please, sit back, relax, and let's talk about how to make brainstorming work for you. Well, hello there, and welcome to the Speak English Fearlessly podcast. This is the podcast for motivated English learners who want to speak English fearlessly and learn practical tips and strategies to conquer the CELPIP exam. I also love to feature encouraging interviews with regular people, people just like you, who are working towards becoming fluent in English so we can learn from their experiences together. Who am I? My name is Aaron Nelson. I've been an English teacher for over 16 years, and I now work to help students prepare for the CELPIP exam through online classes. To get things started, I'd like to share a really cool story with you that happened to me and my students last week as we were working to prepare for the writing section of the CELPIP exam. Specifically, we were focused on writing task two, which is all about responding to a survey question. Now, in my class, I had prepared a survey-style question, and I gave my students time to write their initial response. And that's what they did. I gave them a short amount of time, and they worked away at coming up with what their response would be. At the end of the writing time, I got them together, and we started talking about what that experience was like for them. And without exception, they all said that it was difficult to find ideas to write about. In fact, almost all of them were struggling to come up with enough words to meet the word count requirements of the question. On the exam, if you didn't know, you have to have at least 150 words and no more than 200 words for your answer. And in our first round of practice together, my students were having a hard time to even meet the 150-word count requirement. So we started talking about 
why? And one of the things that we all noticed together was that they didn't do something at the very start. And if you know what this episode is all about, you'll know what it was that they didn't do. It was brainstorming. They didn't take the opportunity or they didn't make for themselves the opportunity to brainstorm about what they were going to write about in relation to the question. So I asked them, how come you didn't brainstorm? And in that moment, without knowing it, my students gave probably the number one reason why many people choose not to brainstorm. They said, and before I actually say what they said, I wonder if you have a guess. What do you think they said? What do you think is probably the most common objection people have to taking time to brainstorm? Any ideas? Go ahead. Shout it out wherever you are. Make people look at you funny. No, I'm just kidding. Don't do that, really. Unless you want to. <laughs> but seriously, though, what, what do you think was their reason? Why do you think they didn't do brainstorming at the beginning? Well, if you said that they were worried about how much time it would take up, you would be right. And that is one of the most frequently given reasons why people don't brainstorm, other than not even realizing that they should. It's time. Reading task two on the writing exam only has 26 minutes. You only have 26 minutes to finish writing task two on the self exam. And for many students or many test takers, they feel like taking a few minutes to brainstorm is wasting some of that valuable time. But my friend, by the end of today's episode, I hope that I can convince you otherwise. I hope that I can convince you. In fact, my mission is going to convince you that taking those two to three minutes to brainstorm will actually save you time. And it will help you to write better, faster, and you'll probably end up having more things to say than what you actually need, which is a great problem to have. Trust me, there's nothing worse than realizing halfway through your answer that you don't have enough information, that you don't know what to write next. And well, brainstorming will help solve that. So let's talk about why brainstorming is beneficial. Like, why should you even bother doing it? And to do that, I'd like to share a quote that I found with you by a Dr. Randy Rippon, who is a professor of applied linguistics and TESOL at Northern Arizona University. And I found this quote in an article on Cambridge.org, and I've provided a link for this in the show notes if you want to read it. But this is what she had to say, and I'm quoting from her article here. It says, brainstorming provides time to generate ideas related to the writing task. It allows us to jot down ideas and vocabulary related to the topic. In cognitive terms, it activates our prior knowledge. So there's some really good ideas in here that I want to pull out just to get you thinking about them. First of all, she says brainstorming provides time. It gives us a gift. Now, if you remember back 
to the main objection my students gave about why they didn't brainstorm and actually why many people choose not to do this in their writing? Can you think of what that is, what that objection is? Yeah, they're afraid of not having enough time. They're scared that brainstorming is going to steal time from them. Time that they need to try to finish everything they're going to write about in the 26 minutes that are given to them for writing task two. But here, Dr. Reppin is saying brainstorming provides time. It gifts you time. It's like a present. A present. Brainstorming can be like a present of time, a gift of time. And the only way to unwrap it and enjoy that gift is if you brainstorm. Yes, I know it's counterintuitive. It feels wrong, but it's actually true. If you go a little bit slower at the beginning and take two to three minutes to brainstorm, you will find that you'll be able to write a lot faster and in a much more organized way as you go along giving your answer than if you didn't brainstorm and you're just writing by the seat of your pants. So that's the first thing I want to pull out of that quote. Brainstorming provides time. It gives you a gift and you should open it and you should take it because you need time when you are writing on this help of exam. The second thing I want to pull out is that it helps you to generate ideas. Remember us talking about how at the very, very beginning in that story I shared, my students, when we first, when we first got started together, my students were saying that they found it really hard to come up with ideas about what to say in relation to the question that they were trying to answer. They got, maybe they didn't have a lot of trouble at the very beginning, but once they got to the middle or near the end of what they were trying to say, they were struggling to come up with what to say next. Brainstorming can help you fix that by generating lots of ideas, like a rainstorm of ideas. And finally, the last thing that I want to bring out to you from this quote is that brainstorming helps to activate what you already know, what you've already experienced. And having those things primed or alive inside of your mind as you write will help flow those ideas. It will help you to be able to say what you want to say more effectively. So once again, brainstorming is important because it gives you a gift of time. Brainstorming is, infor- is important because it will help you generate ideas that you'll need to write. And finally, brainstorming is important because it will help to turn on or activate your previous experiences, what you already know, which will make it easier for you to express when you're writing. And there's a few other benefits that I want to share with you. We already said that brainstorm will help you come up with what to write. But did you know that when you brainstorm, you'll also begin to to be able to identify what the most important ideas are? You'll start to see in your on your paper, you'll have some ideas that seem to be more important than other ones. Those could be your topic sentence, or in other words, the beginning of a paragraph. And you'll probably also notice that there are other good ideas that aren't necessarily strong enough to be the most important ones of the paragraph. 
And maybe those smaller ideas, if you will, would do a good job supporting the topic sentence that you had just created. So already you can see that brainstorming can help you to identify the most important ideas and ways to back them up. And this is really important when you're thinking about how you're going to structure your answers. Because one of the things that self-pip raters are going to be looking for is your proper use of paragraphs. And in your paragraph, you, you need to begin it with a topic sentence or the most important idea. And then under that most important idea, you need two or three supporting lines or sentences that back up what, you're just, what you just said as the topic sentence. So brainstorming can help you achieve that. Another huge benefit. This is massive, guys. Another huge benefit of brainstorming is that it will help you to achieve your word count goal. Remember, your goal is to write at least 150 words, but no more than 200 words. <laughs> oh my goodness. I just realized something. <laughs> I can't believe that I did this. You know, at the beginning when I shared that story with you about how we began and my students were struggling to come up with ideas to write about, I'm not sure if I gave you the second half of that story. So I'm going to give you the second half of that story right now to complete it, to make a nice little bow and put it on top of this story. And maybe it's going to fit into this. I just can't believe I forgot that part of the story, guys. Well, anyway, the second time or the second attempt that we made in that writing practice session that I was telling you about that I did with my students, I got my students to spend a couple of minutes brainstorming first before they started writing. Can you guess what happened next? I'll never forget one of my students' faces. She lit up. She was so excited by the time we finished the brainstorming section that she couldn't contain herself and she lifted up her fingers, her hands, and started waving them at me. Our class was live on Zoom. And so I, I asked her what was going on and she said, this is how many ideas I've generated just from brainstorming. And both of her hands were up and all of 10 of her fingers were wiggling. She said, I have more ideas than I thought I had about this topic. And brainstorming gave me the opportunity to find them. I thought that was so cool. And I think the same thing will happen to you, by the way. And right there, you see in a, in a little summary what that quote was from Dr. Reppin. You remember that, that brainstorming will give you a gift. It will give you a gift of time, but it will also help you to access what you already know. It will also help you to generate ideas that you need for the writing task. And that's what my student discovered. So going back to what I was talking about before, Brainstorming will help you to achieve your word count goal. As I was saying before, you, you need to write at least 150 words, and you need to not go over 200 words. So taking just two to three minutes to brainstorm before you start writing 
will help you immensely in this area. Like what my student discovered, she had way more ideas than what she thought that she could write about. And the first time she did this activity, she was one of the ones telling me, I don't know what to say. I feel stuck. I feel blocked. And yet she wasn't. All she needed to do was think a little bit before she started writing, which is what brainstorming is. One of the other benefits of brainstorming is that it will help you to organize your ideas so they're not running all over the place. Like we were talking about briefly before, how uh, how how brainstorming can help you identify what those key ideas are and their supporting arguments. As you are brainstorming, you can also be like when you are finished brainstorming. Let me rephrase that: when you are finished brainstorming, you should be able to see where those ideas can belong in the composition of your answer, right? You can tell which idea should go first and which idea should go second, and maybe which idea would be a good closing argument. So yeah, brainstorming can help you map that out. It can kind of help you build a sort of map, how to get from the beginning to the end. And that's going to help you to relax, That's one of the other key benefits of brainstorming. It will help you to relax because you're going to know what you want to say before you start trying to say it, which is one of the common, well, in in my last class, I'll just speak about that. That was one of the things that my students were telling me, that they were struggling to come up with what to say. Now, they were just in the class, so there was not really any pressure on them. But can you imagine what it would be like to be on the day of your exam, sitting there trying to answer the writing question of the SELPIP exam, and all of a sudden you realize that you don't know what to say next, and you're not even close to the word count that you need, wouldn't that be a stressful feeling? Wouldn't that like freak you right out and make you, I don't know, it would make me go crazy. I mean, what am I going to do? I don't know what to say. I feel like I've said everything that I wanted to say, and I'm still not having enough words to achieve my word count goal. Oh, that would be so stressful. But brainstorming can help you in this way because it will help you to access what you already know. And it will help you to generate some ideas related to the topic based on things that you've experienced in everyday life, which will help you to never face that situation of not knowing what to say next. So we've talked about the benefits. Now, let's talk about how you should actually do it. First of all, give yourself a time limit. You shouldn't need more than two or three minutes to brainstorm. And you can use the timer on the exam. When you're actually doing the exam, there's a little timer on the part of your screen, which will show you how much time you have left. Give yourself two or three minutes just to brainstorm. Next. Brainstorming is not writing a book. Keep your ideas down to one word or two word little mini notes to yourself. You don't have to write full sentences, and you shouldn't. It just should be point form. Just enough information to help you to remember what you're wanting to say. And finally, there's some really good news here for you. I've got another quote that I want to share with you, and this is coming directly from the Selfip website. And you can find it 
in my show notes, I've, I've got a link there for you, which points back to this quote. It's by a guy named Neil Gray, and he writes, Test takers are often under the impression that their responses need to be original and creative, and they feel that they don't have a good enough imagination to come up with ideas. In fact, creativity is not a factor included in the writing or speaking performance standards. While test takers are welcome to be creative in their self-hip responses, provided that they stay on topic and keep the tone appropriate, raters don't assess entertainment value. What they do evaluate in the content and coherence dimension is the depth, clarity, and flow of the ideas. A strong response has a clear purpose and presents identifiable main ideas, supported with meaningful, precise details. Brainstorming practice can help learners maximize their ability to produce such content, not through imagination or invention, but by accessing their knowledge and experience. So, I'll just pull out what what I was wanting to draw your attention to there. He he says that it's not about trying to be creative or trying to use your imagination to invent your answer. That's not what this brainstorming is about. Although, you know, in other circumstances and other situations, you can use brainstorming to create something from nothing, you know, like to create a world or to create from your imagination a, a situation like a story, for example. But this is not that kind of brainstorming that we're talking about. One of the features of of the questions is that it's uh, that you'll face on the SELPIP exam. It's that it's from everyday English. It's from experiences that you or I can experience on a day-to-day basis. And chances are it's something that you have already experienced or that you have at least seen or heard of before and that you could easily imagine what it would be like if you haven't already experienced it yourself. So the idea here is you're not brainstorming to create something from zero. You're brainstorming to try to think about how you have experienced that topic or that situation before, or how you would feel or how you would think or how you would act if it were happening to you. So That's something to keep in mind as you think about how to go about brainstorming. It's not about being creative. It's not about coming up with brand new ideas that's never existed before in the world. It's about you trying to draw out things that you already know, things that you've already gone through, and use those things in your answers. And the way that you can do that is by focusing on the details that are in the questions. Focus on the detail that is in the question and use those details as the beginning point of what you brainstorm about. For example, if the question that you're being asked to respond to is putting you in a situation of having to work in a small office, think to yourself for a minute, have I ever worked in an office before? If you have, start thinking about what that was like in relation to whatever that question is asking you probably you'll be able to come up with some ideas right there. And if you have never worked in an office before, maybe you've seen TV shows or movies where you see 
what office life is like. Or maybe you have friends that you know work in offices and they talk to you all the time about what they go through. The point is, you're probably connected to that question in one way or another, either directly or indirectly. And by taking a few minutes to brainstorm, you'll be able to connect what you know with what you need to say. You can also brainstorm how that question, or if that question were happening to you, or the situation that that question is asking you to respond to, if it were happening to you, brainstorm some ideas about how it would feel. How would it impact you? How would it change your life? Would it make it better? Or would it make it worse? Brainstorm some of these ideas and see what you can come up with. And that's, that's what I want to leave you with today. Remember, try to imagine that the question is actually affecting you in some way. Put yourself in, in their shoes, so to speak. Even if it has nothing to do with you. Maybe you don't work in an office. I'm going to go back to that example. Maybe you don't work in an office. Maybe you work from home. Or maybe you don't need to work at all at this stage in your life. But the idea is try to try to imagine that it's true about you. And what would this situation that is being presented to you on the exam, what would that do in your life if it were really happening? And use that as what starts off or what use that as the the foundation of your brainstorming work where you begin to draw from is what i'm trying to say so yeah brainstorming is important i hope that i've convinced you that brainstorming is not out to steal time from you what i want you to see today is that brainstorming can give you a gift and that is a big gift, actually, based on all the things that we've been talking about today. Brainstorming can give you the gift of time and that it will help you to write faster because you'll know where you want to go. Brainstorming can give you the gift of organization. It can help you to understand what the most important ideas are about your topic. And it can also help you to identify what some of those subtopics are or the supporting topics for those main ideas that we were just talking about. It can also give you the gift of achieving your word count goals, which is really important if you want to get a good mark on your writing writing test. And finally, brainstorming can help you be relaxed because you have a map. That's what brainstorming is going to give you, a map of how to get from the beginning to the end. So please... My friend, if you are getting ready to do the writing section of the CELPIP exam, take a little bit of time before you start writing to brainstorm. It doesn't have to be long, just two or three minutes. I guarantee you, if you do this, you're going to see some great results in your writing. And I want to share something with you. Do you know that I have made so many mistakes as I've recorded this podcast. So many mistakes. This is the second day that I've been working to try to get this episode out. Yesterday night when I was trying to record this, it was like I couldn't make my mouth work. I couldn't connect the ideas in my mind to my mouth. And it I was just starting and stopping and starting and stopping and making so many mistakes. Even today as I recorded this, and it went a lot better today than it did yesterday. Even today, 
I was struggling in places to try to connect what I wanted to say to, well, what I wanted to share with you. I was like, what just happened right there? I was struggling to come up with what I wanted to say to you. And I was thinking about this, you know, this just underscores how important it is to practice, how important it is to practice. This got better this time around for me because I practiced And the same is true for you with like the speaking section of the exam. If if you're struggling with the speaking section of the exam, you need to be practicing speaking. You need to give yourself opportunities to speak, to put yourself in situations where you're talking about random things that you weren't expecting to talk about, which is what's going to happen to you on the test. Now, it's not going to be putting you in situations that you have no clue about. It re- it's talking about everyday English, but you don't know what the questions are going to be to start off with. And you're going to have to get good. <laughs> and here comes an ambulance. And maybe, maybe I'm just going to cut off this whole part, but I just wanted to share with you that doing this podcast, recording this podcast for the second time, this very same episode really showed me how important it was to practice and to not give up. Like if you don't have a good result on the first attempt of the self-pip exam, don't lose heart. I know it's super frustrating. I know it's super frustrating and you feel disappointed in yourself. Maybe you have a lot of pressure on like with regards to your immigration process, but don't lose hope. Keep practicing and try again. This second time that I've done this podcast, and I know it has doing a podcast is nothing like trying to write an exam that will determine your your immigration status in a country. I know it's not the same, but the principle is the principle behind it is practice, practice. Don't stop practicing. I feel like I improved in my delivery of this podcast episode versus yesterday. I really did. Like yesterday, maybe I'll maybe I'll put some bloopers in at the end of this, but it was horrible. I, I recorded for over an hour just trying to get the ideas to come out and they weren't coming out. Oh, it was so frustrating. But anyway, thank you so much for listening today to the Speak English Fearlessly podcast. Thank you for considering using brainstorming as you write, before you write, so that you can achieve better results on your CELPIP exam. And we did cover a lot of things today as we were talking about brainstorming. And if maybe you were driving or, you know, walking outside, or maybe you didn't have access to something to write with, if you thought some of these ideas were helpful or useful, then I'd like to invite you to head on over to CELPIPSuccess.com forward slash resources. I'm going to put a full summary there of everything that we talked about here, including the links out to those quotes that I was mentioning. If you want to read up on brainstorming a little bit, you can. It's going to be in that document. And I'll have the most important points that we covered today so it can help you practice brainstorming. So you can go ahead and go to selfpipsuccess.com forward slash resources to download your copy of today's resource list today. 
Thank you so much for listening to me today. Thank you for joining me today on the podcast. And I will see you next Tuesday for the next edition of the Speak English Fearlessly podcast. Thanks for listening and have a great week. Bye-bye. In my last class, we were working together to prepare for the writing task. Jeepers. Ah! It's that whole idea of a lack of time. They're afraid if I of they're afraid of taking valuable time. No. Another important another important benefit and this is huge is that by is that This is like take 15. Oh my goodness. I don't know why this is being such a difficult thing to talk about when it was something that was all in my head. Anyway. My friend, are you struggling right now with your self at prep? Does it feel like you're lost and everyone around you knows what they're doing except you? Don't be afraid to ask for help. And if you don't have someone to ask, um, hello, I'm here, and I'm not even waiting for you to ask for help. I'm inviting you to come and work with me. I'm an experienced English teacher and certified CELPIT trainer, and I can help you prepare for your exam. So if you're ready to stop feeling overwhelmed with what to study next for the CELPIP exam, And if you're ready to get friendly support and encouragement when you're having a hard time, then today is the day for you to connect with me. I want to work with you. Just go to www.selfipsuccess.com forward slash listener, and you'll get a 25% discount when you join the Selfip Success School. I'll put a link for that in my show notes, but that link again is selfipsuccess.com forward slash listener, and you will get a 25% discount. The Selfip Success School combines weekly assignments that you can do on your own with unlimited support from me, as well as weekly live coaching calls. Let's work together and conquer the Selfip exam.